Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about that strange, almost mysterious breed, the woke white progressive. Now, if we were to take progressives or social justice warriors, far left identitarians, whatever you want to call them, and break them down by race, which I'm guessing they'd be okay with because... They're always trying to break things down by race. On one hand, you would have the non-white or person of color progressives who essentially resent white people because they see them as oppressors or colonizers or tools of the patriarchy, whatever you want to call it. As someone who's had to deal with quite a few of them over the years, I feel completely comfortable saying that non-white progressives do feel bitter toward white people because they see white people as making their lives worse. Ugh, problem X exists? Well then, it's probably the fault of white people. And don't get me wrong, although I don't agree with that mentality, I just don't think it's an accurate representation of what's happening and ultimately, I don't think victimhood helps anyone, I can at least understand it, right? Because racial tribalism is a very real thing and if there are problems in your community like there are in the black and Hispanic communities, it almost makes sense to try and blame those problems on an outgroup like white people, especially when historically real oppression has existed, even though in my opinion it doesn't really now, and when white people continue to be more successful than you do. It sucks, but I get it, you know, why not just blame everything on white people, sure. But then on the other hand, you have the white self-hating progressive, and they're, they're just a little bit harder to figure out. Because while non-white progressives may be looking for someone to blame for their or their community's lack of success, white progressives tend to come from backgrounds of affluence, or at least relative affluence. I don't know, maybe it's because these champagne socialists who have come from gated communities and went to Ivy League schools think that all white people have had it as easy as they have because of their rich parents. Who can say where this is coming from? But it's a definite pattern. And to illustrate exactly what kind of people I'm talking about specifically, let's just take a quick minute to examine the hashtag MyWhitePrivilege. As Angela J. Williams wrote, hashtag MyWhitePrivilege meant that telling and understanding my prison story got me funding to do a PhD and mentorships to write the book. Do you have any idea how many white people have criminal records and don't get PhDs and book deals? I mean, seriously, you're using this as an example of how your white benefits you? Did you ever just for a second maybe think that this is female privilege at work here? And as Marco Infernal writes, because of hashtag my white privilege, I don't have to think about how to best have the talk with this young guy below ever about how to interact with the police in painstaking detail. And I don't have to be scared of what may happen to him as so many of my black patient parents do. I'm not gonna say that it's impossible that any cop out there ever has been racist because individuals being bigoted and jerks is always gonna be a problem and when that happens, we should call it out. However, class and socioeconomic background in general are going to be much bigger indicators than race about what encounters, if any, you're going to have with the police. I'm not saying that's fair, but that's just the truth. And poor white people get screwed over by the criminal justice system too. So often, the progressive movement likes to conflate class with race, and don't get me wrong, there are overlaps there, but they are not the same thing. And also, just as an aside, you should probably teach your kids how to interact with police officers and how to be respectful of authority figures, regardless of what race you are. Just a thought. In any case, I'm sure by now we're all at least a little bit familiar with these white savior complex endowed individuals. But what I wanted to talk about in this video is that according to some polls, these white progressives are now more woke about racial issues than even non-white people. 
That's right. According to the article The Great Awakening by Matthew Iglesias on Vox, in the past five years, white liberals have moved so far to the left on questions of race and racism that they are now, on these issues, to the left of even the typical black voter. Did you hear that, woke white people? You are now so far up the rectum of social justice that you are now more pro-black identitarian talking point than even your average black person. Mazel tov, that is quite the feat. As Iglesias continues, this change amounts to a great awakening, love the term by the way, comparable in some ways to the enormous religious foment in the white north in the years before the American Civil War. It began roughly with the 2014 protests in Ferguson, Missouri, when activists took advantage of ubiquitous digital video and routine use of social media to expose a national audience in a visceral way to what otherwise might have been a routine local news story. Apparently, quote, pollsters began to see a rapid, sustained change. White Democrats suddenly started expressing dramatically higher levels of concern about racial inequality and discrimination, while showing greater enthusiasm for racial diversity and immigration. There's also a certain paradox to the awakening. As white liberals became more vocal about racial inequality, more racially conservative conservative Democrats left the party and helped power Donald Trump's electoral victory. This backlash gives the impression that there's a surging tide of white racism in America. At this point, I would just like to mention that although this article does touch upon a really interesting phenomenon, the person who wrote it, Matthew Iglesias, could best be described, in my opinion, as an intravenous soy user. And before any of you get upset and say, why are you being so mean to him, Lauren? Keep in mind that this guy just equated support for Donald Trump with white racism. So. Little perspective, please. Seriously though, this guy shows a fundamental misunderstanding of the issues at hand. The Democratic Party has not just begun to accept racial equality and fight against discrimination, everybody by and large is for racial equality and against discrimination. What actually is happening is that the Democratic Party has begun to embrace racial identitarianism and tribalism. And the Democrats who have either left the party or become disaffected, they're not supporting white racism, they're just rejecting those identity politics. This woke anti-whiteness and intersectionality that's being pushed by the left right now, rejecting it does not make you a racist. I'd say if anything, it makes you an egalitarian. But I digress. As Maddie writes, Trump has made white racial resentment more visible than it was before, but at the same time, white liberals have become much more attuned to racism, seeing more of it, not necessarily because the world has changed, but because their own attitudes toward long-standing features of it have changed. The fundamental reality is that the awakening has inspired a large minority of white Americans to begin regarding systemic racial discrimination as a fundamental problem in American life, opening up the prospects of sweeping policy change when the newly invigorated anti-racist coalition does come to power. I love how comfortable this guy is labeling these far-left progressives anti-racist as though what, the, the rest of us are, are pro-racist or we don't care about racism. You know, just such a strong sense of conviction. You gotta love it. But anyway, those spicy takes aside, the most interesting part of this article are the poll numbers. Because according to Pew Data, like Maddie explained, people today, when compared to 2014, are more likely to have a negative view of race relations and racial equality. In 2009, only 43% of people said that the country needs to continue making changes to give blacks equal rights to whites. But fast forward to 2017, and that number is now 61%. In 2010, only 18% of people said that racial discrimination is the main reason why many black people cannot get ahead these days. In 2017, the number of people who agree with that statement has skyrocketed to 41%. And predictably, views toward race are extremely split among the two main parties. 
81% of Democrats say the country needs to continue making changes to give blacks equal rights to whites compared to just 36% of Republicans. And 64% of Democrats say racial discrimination is the main reason why black people cannot get ahead these days compared to just 14% of Republicans. Now, I don't think many people on the left or right would say that the U.S. has gotten exponentially more racist in the past seven or so years even when you factor in someone like Donald Trump. But then that raises the question, is the U.S. actually systemically racist, in which case the change in poll numbers just reflects the fact that people are becoming more aware of the already existing racism, like Matthew Iglesias asserts? Or is the U.S. not systemically racist, in which case the changing poll numbers reflect merely an increased perception of racism driven by divisive racial rhetoric? Well, that's the million-dollar question isn't it? Despite what progressives may want you to believe, it is actually not settled fact that the U.S. and West in general is racist and oppressive toward non-white people simply because they are non-white. And if any of you want to fight me on that, I've done tons of videos debunking the idea of systemic oppression before with charts and data, and if you want to look up any of those videos, I encourage you to, but we don't really have time to get into that today. But with those videos, and really anytime I mention the fact that I don't believe systemic racism is real nowadays, I've noticed that progressives, for lack of a better word, tend to get triggered. Yeah, they, uh, they get real mad. In the cult of social justice, denying systemic racism or widespread oppression is akin to denying Jesus Christ himself. It is heretical. And it's on this issue especially that I find the relationship between white and non-white progressives so fascinating. You see, when we're debating things like systemic oppression or racism, yeah, we can bring up facts and figures, but what usually ends up happening is that non-white progressives will, at some point, share their personal experiences. Yeah, which in my opinion isn't very useful because personal experiences or anecdotes, whether they've actually happened or not, they're not really enough to make sweeping generalizations about society off of. But in the cult of social justice, the personal experience of a POC, it's kind of like their testimony. You cannot invalidate or dismiss it. What's that? You'd like an example? Well, I thought you'd never ask. Twitter Exhibit A. Non-white person tweets out, let's talk about how much white women stare at women of color on public transport. This woman in question looks pretty white to me, but maybe I'm too white to be making that judgment. To which one white woman replies, Just a heads up, we stare at each other too. It's called being taken with beauty, and it's a good thing. Oh, isn't that a nice thing to say? But wait! As Olivia chimes in, Psst, white woman to white woman, when women of color are discussing the experience of being women of color, our job is to listen, not offer corrections or excuses. You see, this is part of why denying systemic discrimination in progressivism is heretical. You have some non-white people who write about how they're being discriminated against, and as a white person, it's your job to just shut up and listen because you can't really say anything to that experience. But hang on, you might be wondering, if white people cannot comment on the experiences of black people because they've never been black, then how come black people are able to assert that white people have white privilege? Isn't that a double standard? Aren't they making a comparison about what they think the lives of white people are like? even though they've never lived life as a white person? Which is a reasonable question, of course, to which the standard response is shut up, whitey. In practice, progressives have created a non-falsifiable thesis surrounding the idea of systemic discrimination. This group of black people claims that systemic discrimination is real, and since they're not black, white people can't deny it. 
They may not be able to deny these experiences, but white progressives are encouraged to lift up and amplify the voices of these black people. And sure, it is true that not all non-white people believe that systemic discrimination is a thing, and in fact, several prominent commentators who are non-white continue to speak out against that idea, but in those cases, that can usually be explained by things like internalized racism, passing privilege, or light skin privilege, in which case we can just ignore those people. And that's what's so interesting to me about white progressives. They are essentially, because of their ideology, subjugating themselves to a role where their opinion does not matter. Where they aren't allowed to comment about the state of our society if what they believe goes in any way against what progressive non-white people are saying. White progressives have, for all intents and purposes, neutered themselves politically. And make no mistake, for these white progressives, it's not about standing up for the rights of non-white people. No, no, no. It's about standing up for what progressivism says is best for non-white people. Those two things are not the same. Allow me to explain. For instance, liberal whites are more enthusiastic about diversity than even black or Hispanic people. When asked, on balance, do you think having an increasing number of people of many different races, ethnic groups, and nationalities in the U.S. makes this country a better place to live, a worse place to live, or does it make no difference? 87.1% of white liberals said it made the U.S. a better place to live, compared to just 54.2% of black people and 45.9% of Hispanics. And think about it, it makes sense. By welcoming in tons of diversity into the country, not only do white liberals get to virtue signal about how tolerant they are, but they also get cheaper labor so they can invite mates to come into their nice gated communities to do things like wash their cars and mow their lawns and stuff like that. But on the other hand, maybe not all all black and Hispanic people are so enthralled with the concept of diversity because if you're not some rich white liberal female huppo writer, well, diversity does kind of mean that perhaps you may lose your job or just face stagnant wages or face increased property prices. It is funny to me how many white progressives love to support things like mass immigration, even though they tend to end up hurting black and Hispanic communities because at the same time, these white progressives love to paint themselves as white saviors to these poor, poor non-white people. Seriously, a lot of white progressives do view non-white people, especially black people, as almost children or pets who need to be taken care of because they can't do anything by themselves. It's the bigotry of low expectations. When read the statement, Irish, Italians, Jewish, and many other minorities overcame prejudice and worked their way up, blacks should do the same without special favors, only around 33% of black people disagreed, compared to over 45% of white liberals. So to be clear, white liberals are more supportive of black people getting special favors than even black people. Yeah. Honestly, I really wouldn't be surprised if a few years from now we have all these white liberals turning to white identitarianism because, funny thing, prostrating themselves at the feet of black and Hispanic identitarians really isn't working. It's not making them like you. Specifically, the self-flagellation going on under hashtag MyWhitePrivilege just wasn't enough to please at least one black identitarian. White guilt is a narcissistic distraction. Instead of focusing on the harm that racism does to non-whites, it recenters the feelings and emotional demands of white people as individuals and a group, and whiteness as a social and political force. In total, white guilt is an effort to emotionally manipulate black and brown people. Oops. 
Sorry, progressive white people, I guess you don't get to go home to your super trendy townhouses and your polyamorous partners and feel really good about yourself for helping out those poor, poor black people. C'est la vie. But in any case, I would love to know what you guys think about this. What are your thoughts on these self-hating progressive white people? Are they actually helping to end systemic discrimination and racism, or is this all just performance to feel better about themselves? Let me know your thoughts, but that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.